0: and we are recording with Mr. Joel Hirschhorn if i got it correctly this time and i would like to welcome you to a very exclusive club of uh so i got banned for episode 370 back in like april huh. for a uh, having on a cia veteran claire lopez talk about election fraud one week suspension then i got banned for episode 411 with dr. roger Hodkinson for uh talking about covid a uh, two week ban and then it went away, and then I lost my first strike. And if I got a third strike, I was off YouTube for good. But after 90 days from your first strike, if you don't, it goes away. And then, you you know, so it's like you get one strike, two strikes, but it's possible to lose a strike. <laughs> say all of that to say. Episode 495 I had on Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA vaccine, and YouTube left it up. And I was like, oh, this is, this is curious. Yes. And then I had on Dr. Mobin Saeed, a doctor, and we talked about COVID, and it got and it stayed up. So I was like, all right. So like an idiot, falling for the cheese in the mousetrap, I was like, I think maybe they're not censoring anymore. So I went back and I uploaded our first episode, you and I, about your book, Pandemic Blunder, which I'll put in the description. And I got banned for it. And today the band's up. So I would like to welcome you to a very exclusive club. Out of 513 episodes, only three have gotten me suspensions, and now you are one of them. So you should be proud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I am.
0: <laughs> good, good. It's a very, it's an honorable, it's an honorable thing to be banned from them. But for, all the, for all the new listeners, please introduce yourself.
1: Well, I started out as a uh, professor at the University of Wisconsin Madison. And I directed uh, a medical research program between the medical school and the College of Engineering. Uh, And that went on for years. And uh, from there, I went to work as a senior, very senior person for the US Congress Office of Technology Assessment, where I directed major studies, again, almost all related to health issues. And I testified as a trusted expert over 50 times at US Senate and House hearings. And then I ended up my career at the Senior Official National Governors Association, where, again, I uh, directed health-related uh, studies. Uh, I've been retired for a number of years, and I've been working as, a, as an executive volunteer at a major hospital for over 10 years now. And I'm, I'm a part of a number of national and international medical groups.
0: Uh, and, and author of Pandemic Blunder. Which, yes, uh, please. <laughs> which there is which there is an audio book of, and that you always get bonus points. No, for... it's not. They took they took it down.
1: <laughs> they took it off
0: Audible. Yeah. No, they yeah, did. B- hold on. Because it it oh. turned out. <laughs> hold on. Well, That's... well, well Now I'm concerned because I bought it, so I should be getting. Well, you're
1: lucky. You got you got it before they knocked it off. This is audible. I got it. Pandemic blender. Yeah. Yeah, you got... but it's no longer on on the Amazon site.
0: Okay.
1: Not the Audible version.
0: Well. Well, well, all right, well. (laughs) You know
1: why? Somebody, not me, who have the copyright, who own the the intellectual property, some other entity got it up on Audible. And when I asked them about it, when I asked the company that does this, they said, well, somebody committed fraud. And they put your intellectual property... So you, you're not going to get royalties, cause, and they took it down. <laughs> and now I can't get it back up It's so much trouble. <sighs> well, It's a crazy world.
0: <laughs> without the freedom of speech, we'll be led dumb and happy like lambs to the slaughter, President George no. Washington. So take <laughs> from that what you will, but we're not going to stop talking about this stuff. And I tell people, you know, people ask me, you know, why do you keep talking about COVID? You're not a doctor. No, I am not. And that's why I have on individuals who have backgrounds. That's why I have on physicians, Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Dr. Mobin Said, Dr. Roger Hodkinson. That's why I have on individuals with a uh, professional experience like yourself being an expert witness to the Senate. I bring on people that know about this stuff and then what they say, that is what I will defend. So Dr. Malone came on here and said, you know, if you're over 50, it's like you should get the vaccine. hundred percent. So there we go. It's, so I'm not an anti-COVID, va- I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not even an anti-COVID vaxxer. Some people do need it. I don't think I do need it. To me, the idea of all of this censorship is outright terrifying. And you recently put forward a, a petition or a bill. You, you emailed it to me. You proposed- uh, well,
1: uh, I wrote an article <clears throat> about uh, several groups that put petitions into FDA to not go forward with fully approving the COVID experimental vaccines. Once FDA fully approves it, then we're really in deep trouble. And I don't think they should fully approve it because I agree with most of the researchers and physicians that there are too many serious safety issues with these experimental vaccines. And I I looked up the data this morning and I can tell you when you look at fatalities among people who've taken the jab, Mm -hmm. okay? Around the world, that number of fatalities is approaching 100,000 uh, people who've died pretty soon after getting the jab.
0: Is, so that's is, bad news. Is insane. <clears throat> the the Vares system. Uh, last time I I checked it last week, it might have been when you and I last spoke. It was at nine. No, I think it was at six thousand. Then last.
1: It's yeah. up to twelve as of today. Well,
0: yeah, well, that's the thing is I've been I think they update it once a week. So last week I checked it and I was like, oh, it jumped up to nine thousand forty-eight. And as of today, I won't even look at it yet. I think it's ten thousand nine hundred and ninety-one. And no, it's twelve thousand. No, it and there's one thousand. Maybe it's include because what they don't include that number is one thousand seventy-three miscarriages. Let's let's pull it up. And I, I
1: can tell you something else. <clears throat> there is a whistleblower from C D C that says that. Numbers should be forty five
0: thousand. I saw that uh, it was uh, the yeah the whistleblower and the lawyer is, it, is it's Thom Renz, I think I, I reached out to him I can't get in touch with them. Um, yeah I saw I saw that too. But until I see a hundred percent hard proof and not that I, I I agree it probably is that high. But for me it's like um, I can't I can't attack people for I can't attack YouTube for censoring me or for taking down your book and then not be 100% behind my own number. So right now I'm only going on, I'm I'm sure it is that, but right now I'm just going on like what I can see from there. So today-
1: I I can just tell you, uh, Tommy, that some really wonderful uh, doctors in this field, uh, Macquarie from Hopkins, Rice from Yale University, they all say that Vare's underestimates- Mm -hmm. The the true number of fatalities Mm -hmm. and injuries.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. But again, for me, for my own credibility and my own fairness, I try to take the most conservative number. Like, I know for a fact I've done 513 episodes, but I always, I always drop like the, I always round down to the nearest hundred when I'm talking to like a potential guest. Like, I've done 500 episodes just because I don't want to get caught in a stupid lie. It's, well, why did he lie and say he did 520 when he's only done five? It's just it's a personal take for me. So that's that's today. It's 10,991 on Wednesday, July 21st, 2021. And I believe it updates on Saturdays. But to me, it's it's very concerning when if you upload Vars now, if you upload a link to that, if you upload that on on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, it gets a big, big label on it saying this is misleading. This is fake news. This has been debunked by fact checkers.
1: Tommy, can I say that there was Absolutely. a wonderful a wonderful article, I think it was published yesterday in the Wall Street Journal by Dr. Macary from Johns Hopkins University. That article and he's wonderful a real truth teller, he points out all of the inaccurate information coming out of C D C. So you you really can't believe any of the numbers. Basically, coming out of the US government at this point with regard mm-hmm. to the pandemic. The other thing why I want to say is a couple of numbers are really important. The number of people getting new COVID cases, let's put it this way, Breakthrough COVID. Who, who have been fully vaccinated, in England, it's 60%. In Israel, it's 40%. And in the US, we don't know because, as Macri's pointed out, they're not trying to measure, to get numbers on the number of new cases of COVID that have been fully vaccinated, so-called breakthrough infections, which we know are very high from the data in these other countries.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's um just kind of on a, on a, on a side note, um, everything, everything I'm saying on this podcast, when I have on guests like yourself, this isn't like, they're like, I don't want to be right. This isn't some, you know, it's <laughs> like if, It's like if I had a hunch that my brother died in a car crash and then I went on and I went on the news and went, ha, someone there died. See, like, why would I want to be happy about that? No, I want to be wrong. I think my girlfriend's cheating on me. Ha, I told you she was. No, you want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. I want someone to put together all these episodes with Mr. Hirshhorn, with Roger Hodkinson, with Malone. I would love to see a documentary of these one day of the definition of fake news and see how wrong I was and to grow (laughs) from that. I get nothing out of this being bad. The right. vast majority of my fam- i would say 99% of my immediate and extended family all have the vaccine. There's nothing I get out of this. To me, it, it, it's, it's when someone says you can't talk about it, that's when I want to talk about it. I mean, Voltaire said— To find out who rules over you, simply learn who you cannot criticize. And to me, something very fishy is going on. But I'm rambling all over the place. And you said beforehand, you've got a ton of new data in your head. So what do you want to talk about? Where do you want to take this conversation?
1: Well, I'm very troubled today about all of the negative impacts of the experimental vaccines. Okay. I'm very troubled by that. You know, There was a doctor in Canada who had the courage to say, that in his patients who were <laughs> vaccinated, over 60% had blood clots, serious amount of what they call micro blood clotting in all the major organs. What happened to that doctor in Canada? He, w- he lost his job in the, in the hospital that he was working in. So it's hard to get out the truth about the negative aspects of these vaccines the media, the big media, the mainstream corporate social media are blocking the data, the information on the negative aspects of these vaccines. Do they really work? Well, there's so much breakthrough infection as we see in the UK and Israel. You know, do they really work? Now, do some people, I took, you know, I took the COVID Mm -hmm. vaccine too. Uh, But most people, (laughs) younger people, I would say, uh, I disagree with Dr. Malone a little bit. I, he, he's saying over 50, take it. I would say most, the biggest need is for people over 70. Once you get below 70, unless, by the way, interesting fact that Dr. Macri pointed out in the Wall Street Journal article, 80% of, of COVID hospitalizations, infections, are for overweight and obese people. That is the biggest indicator of whether you're gonna have a serious problem with COVID. It's not just age, but overweight and obesity. That's what turns out to be key. But most people, and, and the other thing is, the government is not measuring or telling the truth about natural immunity. That is, over half the population has already been infected at some point with COVID, okay? Most of them didn't have any serious health issues. They have natural immunity. Now, why would they take a vaccine if they already have effective? And by the way, all the research has shown natural immunity is totally effective. It works, it stays with you. The problem we're seeing in all of these injuries and deaths around the world, I think, research will continue to show, these are people who had natural immunity, who get the vaccine and put on a kind of artificial immunity on top of the natural immunity. And the result is they wreck their body. They wreck their immune system. There's too much, almost too much immunity, okay? So what the government is not telling people, especially as they're trying to mandate everyone get the vaccine, is that if you have natural immunity, you shouldn't be taking the vaccine. And that's half the population. So, you know, we're in this, critical stage right now, a lot of mandates are going into place, not from the government, but from colleges, schools, employers, okay? And once, if FDA fully approves these experimental vaccines, then we're really up to create. Once there's full full approval, then we're going to see a lot more mandating. And again, that's a serious problem because so many of the people don't need the vaccine, Okay. And we look at all the statistics on COVID, young, healthy people never had any real (laughs) health problems, even if they got the infection, okay? So we're at this this critical point. And if if you listen to Fauci in the last two or three days, he is sending a clear signal. He has said (laughs) in several interviews, oh, he expects FDA to fully approve these vaccines. Why is he saying that? We have all these petitions to FDA, all of these physicians and medical researchers saying, there are so many safety issues that need further research, okay? Don't rush for full full approval They're telling FDA. I'm not sure FDA is listening to all of these experts and there's lots of them. And I think we're heading towards full approval. And once that happens, the other thing that that affects, we still have doctors, giving their patients ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, good treatments. (laughs) One doctor in Texas has treated 20,000 patients (laughs) with these treatments, okay? They work. They are an alternative to the vaccines because they also can be used as a prophylactic, not as a a cure or treatment, but just to prevent you from getting ill with COVID. So the, the whole treatment arena is being crowded out by the vaccine issue, the opportunity, let's say, for experimental vaccines. And that is a serious problem. You know, what Fauci, I said this in a couple of articles, what Fauci did in the spring of 2020, he created a strategy which was adopted, which was wait for the vaccine strategy. And he was willing, and I say this very publicly, to kill Americans because he blocked the use of the treatments. And I say and I am know I'm totally correct on this, that over five hundred thousand Americans who they say have died from COVID could have those deaths could have been prevented with early treatment within the first several days or week of coming down with COVID. So we, we have sacrificed sacrificed the lives of so many Americans, and now I think we're going to sacrifice more lives because the, the experimental vaccines i think are killing people and the data coming out of the european union that's only half of europe nearly 19,000 fatalities associated with vaccine use in the european union that's amazing
0: the idea that the idea that big pharma has despite the you know the facts that we all know both Republican and Democrat, liberal, and conservative, young and old, despite the facts we all know about uh, them profiting off. I mean, wh- wh- what's the family? Not the Dupont family. The um, it's the family that made OxyContin. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I cannot. I just I had Gerald Posner on an author back in like the last fall. He wrote a book called Big Pharma. It's a huge. Yep. It's like a thirty-hour audio book. But I mean, the family that made Oxycontin, they knew all of the side effects and they were, they were bribing doctors to give it out. They were getting kickbacks. They were getting cars, vacations. I mean, we can look back to the fifties, right? And we see, I mean, what are those, I mean, they're sad, but at the same time, they're kind of hilarious at how bad they are. It's the pregnant, it's like the Norman Rockwell, like pregnant woman, like, you know, I don't drink when I'm pregnant. I only smoke. And it's like a doctor grinning and he's like, it's America's cigarette. And it's like, we look at that and. You know, didn't it come out like a couple of years ago that a bunch of uh, Harvard scientists were bribed to sort of invert the, the food pyramid back in the 70s or 80s, yeah. saying that you needed the majority of carbs because the cereal industries wanted to be able to jack up their sugar content and people accepted right. it? Just in 2009, Pfizer paid – and I could be – I think it's Pfizer – paid out the single biggest um, – um, fine from like any big pharma company ever for like what lies, deceptive practices manipulation. That was 12 years ago. That was 12 years ago, $2.3 billion. The idea it's like, we look at everything the CIA did toppling banana Republic in South America. And then we see the, we see the WMD fiasco that we're still, we're just now leaving the middle East and we're going, "Eh, they wouldn't do it again. It's like, We see all of this stuff. I've just smacked you nine times in the face and I'm winding up again. And he's going, you know, he might be going to give me a nice scratch on the head. It's like, no, he's about to clock you again. The idea. And that's what I try to point out is like, I I don't, I don't buy into the, it's a depopulation. Hey, the elite have had a way to do depopulation for a long time. It's called thermonuclear Armageddon. You can do it in 30 minutes. It's very efficient. We've mastered this since black and white TVs are all the rage. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in – I don't even know what the 5G conspiracy is. I don't believe in that. I think it's very simple. I think you have a bunch of corporations who are looking at this perfect storm and going, we're making money hand over fist. Absolutely. And that's what I think it is. And to me, that's almost as dangerous as depopulation because it's still a ruthless grab for money. Absolutely. Follow the money. Always follow the money. 100%. And just to touch back earlier what you said about how you disagree with Dr. Malone – Perfect. Great. That's what free discussion is. Just a side note. That's what free discussion is, is we can all discuss it. And he's a
1: great doctor. He's a great doctor. Yeah. Uh, But it's, yeah. I I just say, if you look at the data, uh, 70 seems to be a good cutoff, above which you, you know, it's all about what they call the risk-benefit ratio. Mm -hmm. And when you're above 70, your risk is so great that the benefit of getting the vaccine is good enough to justify taking the vaccine. But when you look at risk benefit at at lower ages, okay, then the risk is too great and the benefit is too small. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's when that's why younger people, unless they're obese or have other sort of comorbidities, it it doesn't. The risk is too great of taking the vaccine relative to their benefit. There's so little benefit for them. Mm -hmm. So that's what you need to look at, and what our government, what CDC, has not done is published data on risk-benefit ratios relative to age groups and types, subgroups in the population, things like that. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to emphasize again on the safety issue of the vaccines, Tommy, is that when they did the trials, and this is coming out again in more and more research, when Pfizer and Moderna, these companies, did the trials that FDA accepted, they excluded from the trials all kinds of groups of people that they never tested to see whether their vaccines would be safe. Would it be safe for pregnant women? Would it be safe for children? Would it be safe for the real elderly people, okay? Would it be safe for people with comorbidities? No. When they did those trials, they only took young, healthy people, okay? Mm -hmm. So the data was artificially created to make the vaccines look safer, than they really are that's why these petitions coming into fda have it right on the mark they're just so correct in saying "Uh uh-oh go back and make these drug companies do a lot more research to show that their vaccines are really safe Mm -hmm. that's what these petitions are all about
0: yeah it's, I mean, above all else, regardless of every petition, every study showing this or that, or yes or no, or it's disinformation or it's misinformation, or this is true and that's false, and it's above, above all else, is it's it's my body, and um, yes, you can go to hell. Excuse my French. I'm a conservative. I, but I've said and you can go back to episode one. This is episode five thirteen. I do step aside from the rest of the conservative crowd, and that I've always been pro-choice. Not that I don't, I think abortion's bad. I'm a, I am was a biology major. I do think it's, it's killing a baby. I think that's what a clump of cells is. I do think it's a person. However, as a man, I also know I hate when people tell me what I can and can't do. In high school, private Catholic high school, you couldn't have hair over your ears or your eyebrows. So I had hair right up to there. And as soon as I got to college and no one cared anymore, it's been this short for 12 years. I don't really care about COVID, but the fact I can't talk about it is why I do all these episodes. I say all of that to say... I cannot be pregnant, and therefore, I cannot possibly speak from a place of knowledge about that. And that is why, despite I, though I morally disagree with it, I do think it is women's right to get an abortion. So, why did I just say all of that? I have always been on board with my body, my choice. Because, you know,
1: and, and the term of art, Tommy, is medical freedom. I want to emphasize that what this pandemic has done is almost destroy medical freedom, and that's the freedom of physicians. Mm-hmm to do what they think is right for their patients, the right medicines, the right vaccines. And the other part of medical freedom is the freedom of individuals to take the medicine or vaccine that they think is right for their body, Mm -hmm. for their health, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what medical freedom is all about. And I'm telling you, we've really destroyed the concept and the use of the medical freedom we, we deserve, we should have medical freedom as Americans, and yet we've lost it, again, because we have all of this government intervention. The public health system has basically failed Americans and taken away, again, medical freedom. I, I say 80 and 90% of physicians in the U.S. work for hospital corporations, okay? Mm-hmm. They're not independent physicians, yeah. okay? The only independent physicians relatively small numbers, are members of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and America's Frontline Doctors, but they represent only a tiny fraction of all of the physicians in the United States, most of whom work for hospital corporations.
0: It's, again, the reason why I kind of stopped doing like episodes of just me and friends talking about COVID was because despite my own beliefs I did have to, you know, be honest with myself. Hey, I'm not a doctor. And this is just really something I I can't talk about. It's, you know, I can't tell you about some new airplane and be like, well, that's why the Airbus A38, I'm not an engineer. I've failed calculus three times in college. Like, I try to, I'm trying more as I get older and grow and do this podcast more to stay in my lane. And to me, it's very odd when you have doctors from all different walks of life, from literal different continents, we're all saying hey man and it's not like they're saying this vaccine's bad take my product take you know take dr malone once a day no they're just saying like hey i don't i don't think this is good for younger people there might be this generic thing and they're right. being villainized if that doesn't make the hair on your neck stand up and go something's something's up something's right. not good if a doctor's going hey i gotta it,' Who is that who was that uh, government official in the uh, under the Kennedy administration? And I believe it was one of the early forms of birth control, and it got approved in the UK before the US. It might have been the she might have been the FDA, might have been Secretary. Of, I don't remember. I'm, I remember learning it in college in organic chemistry, and it was this woman who said we don't know the long term effects yet. And she was right. villainized. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're a you're a teetotaling Catholic. You don't want women to be free, and it's the free." And it is the sixties. I mean. The you know the unrest in that time makes today look like a cakewalk, but it eventually came out that it, the result was something called flipper babies, and it was the babies whose uh, limbs yeah. didn't fully form, and instead right. it, it literally looked like like flippers. These horrible deformities that there was you could not fix. You were just just you were born disabled, and there were thousands of them. And I think Kennedy eventually gave her like the like the presidential medal of freedom or something. But she was villainized, and it wasn't just that she was saying, I'm a Catholic and we can't do this. No. She just said, as a health professional, I cannot approve of this yet because we don't know.
1: You know, and Can I say that yeah, getting, yeah. getting good information is so difficult, and there's a wonderful website. I only got onto this maybe a month or two ago, and I wish everyone would start to use this website. It's called healthimpactnews.com, and this is where – you see all of this information on all of the bad side effects, fatalities, and injuries from the COVID experimental vaccines, healthimpactnews.com. It is a terrific website. They are digging up all of these stories. And you re- you go to this website, I'll tell you, it's like it blows my mind when I read about all these people dying within days of getting a first or second experimental vaccine shot. The stories just go on endlessly, all right? And they're coming in from all over the world. I don't know how you can ignore this. I really, it just boggles my mind how people who are only getting their news from mainstream big media, social media, have no clue about everything going on around the world about the side effects and negative impacts of these vaccines. Now, it's true that many millions of people get the vaccines, experimental vaccines, and don't. I ha- I took it. I didn't have a serious problem. Sure. But yet, when we start to see these huge numbers, okay, we're approaching a hundred thousand fatalities from people taking these vaccines. Okay, you can't. You shouldn't ignore this. Okay, to say statistically, well, they don't matter because they're only a small percent of the millions and millions of of vaccinations that have been given. That doesn't, to me, that just doesn't wash. I mean, you have to have some sort of feeling, emotional feeling at least, for all these people that have suffered, died and suffered from taking the vaccine, okay? And the people who are getting reinfected. The thing about these vaccines, and I want to emphasize (laughs) to the audience, Tommy, These vaccines really don't kill the virus in your body. So, people who get the vaccines, you can still have the COVID virus in your body, you can still transmit it, and you can still keep getting it. You can get sick over and over again, called the breakthrough infections. So, these vaccines are not even like traditional vaccines, not like polio vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. They don't act the same way, okay? And I think Dr. Malone has said some wonderful things about the truth about these vaccines, okay? They're not like the old kinds of vaccines. And that's why (laughs) you just have to look at this reality And our government, our CDC, our FDA, our NIH, Dr. Fauci, are not telling the American public the truth. They're not revealing all of these negative aspects of of our situation with regard to COVID, and with out to the vaccines themselves.
0: There's something, uh, I guess, particularly uh, interesting about this and that, you know, if it's something like politics, if it's something like, you know, uh, let me, I'm just trying to think. If it's something like who killed JFK, right, like <laughs> that, like that, just throwing it out like that or any conspiracy ever, whatever, like that, it can be buried. Like, you can kill the people who know the truth, you can bury the rest, make it classified, and then those responsible die, and it, it goes away. There's no file in some vault somewhere. Like, you can make, you can make, like, you know, stories go away. That's very possible. Yeah. yeah. There's something fascinating about science that you can't, you can't quash it. It's, we'll never know who killed Kennedy. It's just, it's just done. We, we won't find the file. Right. But... Um, who was the astronomer? Was it Bruno, who was burned at the stake for saying that um, he thought that other pla- other stars had planets? I mean, he was one of the astronomers burned at the stake, right? There's several of them, several in ha- house arrest, saying you know the world, uh, the world revolves around the sun instead of vice versa, that the Earth isn't flat, or that you know the sky isn't a firmament. Like the interesting things about those are. Or unlike a, a lie where someone could just say, oh, you spoke bad about the king, and they chop his head off, and that, you're just never vindicated. With science, like, eventually it has to come out because it's just, it's what it is. Eventually the centuries go on, and we go, you know, we go into orbit, and we go, huh, yeah, it's it's a big old globe. It's not flat. You know, Tommy,
1: here's, here's the other, you make me think, here's the other casualty of this pandemic. People no longer have the same level of trust in science, in the medical community, and in the media, okay? Three important parts of our society and culture. Who trusts the media anymore? Recent surveys show hardly anyone trusts the media. Why would you trust the medical world when you're getting all of this conflicting information, okay? It doesn't, it just doesn't. And science, my God, when you hear people like Fauci talk about follow the science, I think most rational people who have any access to alternative media and news know that the government is not following the science. In fact, the article in the Wall Street Journal, which I recommend by uh, Dr. McCary from Johns Hopkins, yesterday I think it was, his, he is saying basically, not in the same language, plain language I'm using, you can't trust any of the science coming out of the government. He is revealing in his article all of these examples of data that just aren't true, that don't make any, any scientific sense, basically. So, but how many people read the Wall Street Journal? I don't know, but it probably can't compare to NBC, CBS, and ABC News and CNN and all that stuff. Uh, so it's trust. This pandemic is, is terrible because we no longer trust critical elements of our society, of our culture, okay? The cancel culture is out there, all this crazy stuff going on. Uh, it's insane. So there's more negative consequences of quote, the pandemic or pandemic uh, than, than we first think of, okay? It's, it's a much bigger societal problem that we're facing.
0: Yeah, the uh, the mantra "trust the science" is the most anti-scientific thing. You don't trust the science. The science is for the for you to. You can look at your physics book and, and go, the physics books doesn't say, you know, trust it. It's nine point eight one meters per second. Nope. You can go outside, you can go use your iPhone, you can put it on slow motion, you get the exact (laughs) frame rate, you can have your friend film you, you can find out what the humidity is because there's air resistance, and you can drop a tennis ball or a rock or something and you can do the math. And sure, you might have some statistical variation, you're going to find out it's 9.81 meters per second squared. And that's the beauty of it, is I've had on Charlie Duke who walked on the moon. But for people that say we didn't walk on the moon, eventually it just like phones were once an elite cell phones are elite thing and now they're everywhere one day far off in the distance it will be uh it will be a matter of just civilian life that you can go to the moon it might be in 200 years you're gonna be able to go there you're gonna be able to walk around and the rovers will or will not be there the foot or the footprints will or will not be there there's a thing about science that it is not an opinion you know, a politician goes up on stage and you have your biases and let's pick him apart on this and ha, he cheated on his wife thirty years ago, and then you have the side that supports him going, Yeah, but you know, he's a human and and it gets all icky. When it comes to science, it's like um there's a YouTube channel, a huge YouTube channel called Linus Tech Tips, and it's this guy, I think he's like my age, he's just like a tech guru, but he's always going in and he's like building gaming computers and stuff, but he's always using different company stuff, and he just does these videos where none of it's like, none of it's rumor or opinion, what he'll do is he'll he'll build these two computers with these two different, you know, pieces, a graphics card from company A and from company B, a hard drive from whatever, but he'll go in and then he'll pull up like a screen that's just running diagnostics. And it would be like, and this is how fast it uploads to the internet. It's just a number, you know, 27.2 megabytes right. per second. And you just see it on either side. And it's like, there it is. This isn't yeah, but, a.
1: You know, but Tommy, when we're dealing with, bi- you know, biology, the human body, disease, medicine, it's not so easy for us ordinary, you know, for ordinary people to sort of get that hands-on feeling mm-hmm. for whether the, the science makes sense to them. So that's that's why we're in trouble here in this pandemic because how do people figure out who to believe, mm-hmm. okay? How do they figure out whether, you know, they can trust the numbers coming out of CDC or whether they can trust FDA in giving emergency youth author- authorization for vaccines that were really rushed through the testing stage? Everyone has says Malone has said, that ordinarily you would spend three or four or five years developing a vaccine, okay? And here they did it in seven months or something. Does that make rational sense to people that somehow in, in our situation in 2020-21, that you could do something in seven months when in the entire history a vaccine (laughs) development and approval, it would take three or four or five years or more to do it. And that a vaccine previous to this had never been created for any coronavirus, and there were lots of them, okay, a family of viruses never used before. Now, Malone, I think has been honest about, he invented the mRNA technology. And I think he's the first one to say today. I, I've read everything, pretty much everything I could find of, of what he has said. And I agree with pretty everything he has said. But he is, if you follow what Malone says, he's a great scientist and he's an ethical guy who wants to tell the truth to the public. And when you read what Malone has said, why would you have a lot of faith in these experimental vaccines? I don't think you would. And, and there are other people, again, like Rice from Yale and McCullough in Baylor University and McCarry in Johns Hopkins University. There are some great people telling the truth out there, but I'm not sure most Americans are reading or listening to what these a dozen or two dozen, you know, truth tellers are really saying in, about this pandemic. Malone included now as one of them, but... This, you know, that's why I have, I, I feel this sympathy for ordinary people who don't have the time. I'm retired. I spend all my day reading all of this stuff, all of the scientific articles and everything. I'm following it very closely. Ordinary people can't do that. So they're not trusting the media. So what are they going to do? You know, how do they make decisions? I think that's what we have to think about. How do ordinary people? make very difficult decisions. Should I take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, okay? <laughs> or should I go find a doctor that can give me hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin? Because you can find doctors who, who will get it to you these days. But how do you make those decisions, Tommy? That's, that's what we're dealing with in, in this terrible time where there's, there's so little trust in major institutions. How do individuals, make their personal decisions.
0: What do you think will be the catalyst for, because if if I'm correct in everything I'm saying, that science, like you can't hold it back, it will eventually come through. In some cases, it takes hundreds of years, like yeah, astronomy. Yeah. It will eventually, right. what will be the thing that, because I mean, their censorship is, is incredibly effective and yeah. uh, coordinated. I mean, it's evil, but I mean, I, I respect it in terms of it's, It works well. Works, yeah. Sure, you gotta respect. Hey, man, you gotta respect the Nazis. They had a streamlined process. Demons from hell, but you know they did it right. You got. It's what it is. Serial killers. You gotta respect their cunning. Like, what will be the catalyst? What will be the thing that comes out? I mean, who who does it have to be? What what? I mean, because you. I mean, if if a if an internal CDC screenshot comes out and someone goes, look, forty five thousand deaths, you know, everyone's just gonna half the people are going to say C and the other half are going to say Photoshopped. What will have to happen? Or does, is there nothing that can happen? Do you just take care of yourself, your loved ones, and just let it rip? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pessimistic. I'm not sure, even if the numbers keep coming out, very high numbers for fatalities and serious injuries. We're up to half a million injuries, according to the VAERS system, In Europe, the European Union, which is only half of Europe, it's over a million serious injuries from taking the vaccine. Eventually, I think these numbers sort of come up through the system, okay, through all the corruption and and awfulness of, of these media systems. I think some of the truth comes out. But whether the truth, I think your point, which I think I agree with, The truth may not come out soon enough, okay? The truth will eventually come out in the history of this pandemic. Yeah, we killed a zillion people because we didn't promote the treatments, okay? We killed more people because we promoted experimental vaccines. But all of that truth may come out too late to change what we're seeing happening now. So more people will die unnecessarily because they don't have access to treatments and more people will die from taking (laughs) vaccines because they didn't know what else to do. And they got coerced. A lot of them got coerced into taking the vaccines. Other people, they just thought they were going to do the right thing for for themselves and their family. I appreciate that. but Why children? I mean, McCarry's article, Wall Street Journal, again, his major point was why in the world <laughs> would you give these vaccines to children? That, you know, that is so, uh, if you want to get, the, what is the clearest piece of science that we have right now? It's that children were never going to be seriously impacted by COVID, okay? Children don't need the vaccines, okay? So that is the single example of the clearest piece of scientific medical information. And yet, despite the clarity of the information, the science and the medicine, we still have school districts, okay, other entities saying that children have to be vaccinated. Makes no sense whatsoever. Neither does it make sense for children to wear masks in school. That's nonsense also. So I think... The best example of what you were talking about, I was talking about, the the biggest truth that's come out is with regard to children, and yet we still don't have the government and big media telling the truth (laughs) about children and what is necessary to protect children. To give them this vaccine, these experimental vaccines, is absolutely insane. What McElroy showed, he had a team of researchers at Hopkins, Okay dig in and do the research that CDC did not do. And what they discovered, and this is fascinating, they discovered that all of the deaths that CDC said was happening to children from COVID, that essentially all of those deaths were due to other comorbidities that those children had. Maybe it was leukemia. So children were dying with COVID, but not from COVID. And that was this is this this is like one or two lines in the Macri article. Yeah, and that's that's true science coming through that CDC did not do, that Macri had his team of researchers do it at Hopkins. Okay, once you understand that, it's it's like how many men die with prostate cancer, but not from prostate cancer. Most men who die actually have prostate cancer in their bodies, but nobody attributes, you know, saying, oh, we have all of this prostate cancer going on. That's not true. But what has gone on is people have died from all kinds of reasons, not just children, but adults also, all kinds of reasons they have died from. But when they do a test on the dead body, they find some evidence, that they say is, well, they had some COVID in their body. And those deaths get labeled as COVID deaths. It's crazy, it's crazy. And now, by the way, I don't know whether you've heard this, people who are dying from taking the experimental vaccines, many of those deaths are being categorized as COVID deaths, not vaccine deaths, okay? So everywhere I look, I see a kind of perversion of, of the real world in terms of information okay and what's coming you know what's coming through the system to the general public it's 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 insane
0: yeah I, i'm I'm on board with you when uh the truth will come out by no means does that mean it it's going to be soon it might not that, be might not be in this deck it might not be in my lifetime it might yes. you know it might be a thing that it's it's after everyone's dead and there's no one to no one to gain from a lie and no one to lose from a lie that eventually someone's just going to look at it with the same sort of objective reality as you look back at I don't know, bubonic plague. No one has an agenda with bubonic. You just you're studying it, or you know, the migration of the migration patterns of humans and DNA, and how we all technically did come from Africa, and how some of us came over the Bering Strait before the fuck the last ice age and the levels rise, and now we have a separate thing. And it just looks like Russia, Alaska. Eventually, like we'll, we'll, we will go back and, and we'll look at these things, and we'll go, what is, what is the truth? You know, did we, did we, you know. What would be the purpose of faking the moon landing? Yeah, propaganda win and make the Soviets dump a bunch of money there. But far off in the future when the moon is just no different of a destination than New York, someone will look back and go, huh, I wonder what that actually was. And the moon landing will one day be so far back in the history. or so I mean, think right now. So, right, it was right in the 60s. So let's just add a century to that. It'll be the 1860s. One day the moon landing will be as antiquated to us as the Civil War is to us. And we'll look back... And no one has an agenda with the Civil War. I mean, if someone does, they're a moron. But you're just looking back and you're going, you know, what was it? Was it the cotton mills? Oh, we do see the economies. And oh, there was. And Lincoln wants to preserve the Union. And he even said he didn't care if slavery existed or abolished. He just wanted to maintain the Union. And why did he get rid of McClellan? And who is it? We just look at it very like, ah, okay. Like, I lived in Georgia. I'm from New England. No one said, oh, you burned down Atlanta. No, you just go there and you can just go look at the historical sites. And you learn. You go, oh, okay. Okay, I get it. Yeah, sure. You go and visit. I've never been. I would like to. I think it would be important. I would like to go to the concentration camps in Germany. No one there is going to say, oh, I'm white with with blue eyes. There's no agenda. You're going to go there and just learn. You go, oh, oh, this is how this happened. This is okay." You learn from it, not even for some high and mighty. We got to stop it from happening again. You might just be a historian. You might just be interested in the Sphinx or I don't know, the Sistine Chapel or something. So it will come out, which is why I which is why I have to talk about it because I'm not concerned about being... Again, I, if I'm wrong, that's good because we're saying some horrible things. We're saying that it's going to be horrible. I don't care about being proved right and I don't care if it happens in my lifetime. There's no credit I'm looking for I just want the truth. I want the truth. Did this happen or did that happen? Who killed him? Were there WMDs or was it a money grab? Did Putin kill this guy or no? Is is China really being aggressive in the South China Sea or is it defense contractors wanting another? I just want to know what happened. I don't care. I just want to know the truth. And to me, that is why it's important to sort of look at this fearlessly because at the very least, maybe in 200 years, I'd like someone to go, oh, Someone was looking for the truth. He got burned at the stake, but someone was looking for the truth.
1: Well, you know, again, there are, right now, I agree with what you're saying, but even today, <coughs> in our crazy world, okay, there are people like me, I wrote the book to tell the truth. I write two or three articles a month to tell the truth. You have Macri and Reich are able to get articles published in, in the, at least the Wall Street Journal, okay, uh, where they tell the truth, McCullough, Peter McCullough, out of Texas, mm-hmm. he is definitely telling the truth. Every venue that he can get on, okay, I can't, and
0: he, I can't get in touch with him. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, because he's so busy. Uh, yeah. he's,
1: so busy. He's, he's every day he's doing stuff, okay. Um, but there are there are truth tellers now, okay. But I think they are being, again, outvoiced, if you will, by all of the corrupt systems. Again, big, what I call big media, social media. So we have truth tellers now. The question is, they're not, are they prevailing? And I would say at this point, no, they are not prevailing. We didn't prevail. I've been fighting the treatment battle for over a year, okay? When, when Dr. Zelenko in, in March of 2020 came out with the data saying that his treatment was curing people, curing people from COVID, okay? And we couldn't prevail with that truth, actually. So the truth-telling is going on. Again, podcasts, alternative media, and a few articles published once in a while in the Wall Street Journal, I must say. I'm amazed, but they do it. Some stuff on Fox News is good truth-telling. But again, I think, you know, it may take, I think, to your point, <laughs> for, for the truth-telling to prevail, that may take decades or a 100 years when people look back on the pandemic. And, and I think part of that re-examination, historically speaking, is how come the truth-telling that did go on during the pandemic did not prevail. Mm -hmm. That is the core issue. (laughs) Because we've always had some truth tellers around. And we certainly have them during this pandemic, okay? There are books besides mine that tell the truth. But the truth is not winning out over corruption, okay? Corruption at all levels. The drug companies, the media, et cetera, et cetera. So that, to me, is your core sort of philosophical issue, Tommy, is when do we sort of get over the the hump, so to speak? When do the truth tellers and truth telling become dominant to convince the public to rebel against their government, rebel against big media, okay? Rebel against drug companies. The rebellion is not happening because although we have some truth-telling going on, it's not sufficient. I always thought of myself and still do as a kind of revolutionary, okay? I have fought lots of battles in my life, and I've won some. But I don't see the rebellion, okay, going on now, despite all of the truth-telling that is going on, (laughs) It's not enough to sort of get the rebellion going, okay? And so the the people with the most power still prevail despite all the truth-telling. That's what I sit back, and I I do watch some mainstream media, uh, and as long as I can take a few minutes of it, but what I'm seeing, even the hearing yesterday with Fauci, a Senate hearing, Mm -hmm. okay? You know, (laughs) Senator Paul still did not prevail against the lying of Fauci. And Fauci, if nothing else, is, a, is, a, is one of the best liars in the universe. I give him credit. He sure. is a terrific bureaucrat, uh, a, a remarkable liar, okay, a deceiver. Uh, and, in, you know, but he is prevailing. He The bad forces in our society are still prevailing over the truth telling. And that's, I don't know what else to do <laughs> except, you know, for people like you to help get the truth out and for people like me to keep writing the truth and get it out as much as we can. Uh, I, I I publish a lot now on a wonderful, again, another wonderful website, dot news.com Turns out, It is publishing not just for me, but a bunch of other people like me, publishing really good articles telling the truth about all aspects of the pandemic. And that website is sort of oriented to a medical healthcare audience, but they are publishing articles by me, Paul Alexander, uh, Steve Kirsch, and others. And I'm I'm amazed. It's not political. It's not liberal. It's not conservative. It's just Pure, pure truth-telling so we can get our articles published on a site like that, whereas most of my articles get published on very conservative uh, websites, and I'm trying to get away from that and, and get more published on non-political websites.
0: Yeah, it's important to go after like what we believe is the truth for, I mean, a ton of reasons, but primarily so that in the future, someone can look back and go, hey, there, look, there is a precedent of everyone else saying you're wrong and someone actually being right. I mean, Joseph Lister, right, with, with uh, the yeah. an- antiseptic technique, right? He was laughed yeah. at when he came and toured through America with his, with his crazy idea of to wash surgical utensils with alcohol and disinfectants because he had an idea that maybe going from one person to another with the same blade might carry over the disease. It was, I mean, it was hearsay at the time, Well, you know, now we just take it as a matter of, you know, it's the first thing you do, you get a cut, clean it, clean it, right? It's, it's, it will come out. And if I am wrong, if you and I are wrong, it will still serve an example. In the future, they'll go, hey, look, there are examples of people who have a vendetta and truly believe they are right. And they are wrong. That will help someone in the future, maybe in a decade, maybe in a century to go, am I being that? Am I just being blindly like I'm, you know, I'm rebelling because I know the truth? Who knows? Either way, it's important to do. We have to go after what we believe the truth is, and more importantly, I don't want to be right. I have nothing to gain from this. I just, you know, I I, I'll stop doing COVID episodes when it stops getting censored. That's when I'll stop (laughs) because then I won't care anymore. It's a very easy way to get me and other people to stop talking about this stuff nonstop. Stop censoring it. I highly doubt Dr. Malone would be going on this like, you know, this journey to talk as much as he can if no one censored him. You want to stop it. Stop censoring. Well, I, I feel so
1: bad, Tommy, for the doctors, the frontline clinical doctors, you know, like Zelenko uh, in New York and, and George Farid in California. Uh, uh, some other, a lot of other people who believed and, you know, cr- you know, innovated with the, these treatment protocols. OK. And I feel so bad for them. Here they are. They've, they've done it with real people. They've cured people, okay? They, they know firsthand from their clinical, clinical experience that these treatments work. Now, I don't know how I feel so bad for these people because every day they are living in a world that has rejected them, rejected their data, rejected their proof, their clinical proof, That they can cure people with COVID, that they have an alternative, a prophylactic alternative to vaccines. These are, so, you know, talk about LISTIC, okay, one thing, but we've got the analogous group of, of people like that right now living in our country and in Europe who know from their firsthand clinical experience that they're curing people with COVID, okay? Firsthand, absolute no doubt about it okay and even though the articles the research articles keep coming out saying that ivermectin works hydroxychloroquine work etc cetera, etc cetera, people like peter mccullough keep keep preaching this also and there's a guy with enormous credentials access to many venues and i have to say stepping back Does Peter McCullough, has he won the war? (laughs) Has Zelenko won this sort of battle that we're in, in terms of getting treatment widely used in the United States and around the world? No, the battle (laughs) has not been won by the clinical frontline practitioners, nor by the researchers publishing articles, nor by people like me publishing books and articles. OK, so, yeah, I'm a little bit pessimistic about how this ends up, because all of this truth out in the real pandemic world is still not prevailing. It's still, we're still not winning the battle. I feel like writing, I may write an article about, hey, <laughs> we're still not winning the battle. OK, you know, uh, and I don't know what else to do, to be honest with you. I don't know what
0: else to do. Uh, you keep pushing. World War Two. What? I mean, they invaded. What? The Nazis invaded Poland, September first, nineteen thirty-nine. We dropped the second A-bomb on August sixth, nineteen forty-five. I mean, that was almost six years. We're only yeah, we're only eighteen yeah. months into this thing, Joel. That's true. Yeah, stand up. You gotta brush your shoulders off. It's just getting started. You know, do you think Eisenhower went, ah, it's already been a year. I don't know what to do. No, he and Patton ground the Nazis into dust and greased their tank treads with their blood. Now, I am not calling for violence because that will get me kicked off YouTube. But I'm just saying you got to have some gusto. You know, you get you get punched in the face. You got to stand up again.
1: Well, I think the thing that I'm different than you is that I'm old. Well, I'm
0: 30, so I got to do it.
1: Okay, I'm approaching 82. Nonsense. I, I feel a sense that I may not live to see the battle won, okay? Me, I may not live long enough.
0: <laughs> that's the truth. Me neither. But the thing is, is if you truly believe it's a righteous fight for truth and all you want, you just want to find the truth and you think you're doing the right thing, uh, timeline doesn't matter. You, you do what you can and you might not yeah. see it work. Well,
1: it's, it's in my nature to keep fighting, okay? Absolutely. That's, that, that's, that's just my nature. I've been doing it my whole lifetime. And I've won some battles. Uh, And I've lost some, but I'm not going to give up. I'm just saying, God, you know, it's tough every day. I keep, I'm a data person, but by the nature of my education and training, I'm data oriented. And I'm looking at data every day. And to me, the data is absolutely compelling, okay, that I'm on the right side of these issues. But, you know, the data keeps pouring in. And yet, you know, we're still not winning. Okay, I'm just frustrated uh, by, by, okay, I've only been fighting for what, a year and a half or something? But <laughs> it, it's still it's still a, a troublesome kind of situation to be enmeshed in, okay? Uh, I just hope that we can reach more people through your podcast and others. I've done about over 30 podcasts now, and I'm still more lined up. So I'm still, I haven't given up, Tommy, I haven't given up and I, you know, I keep trying to think of ways how to communicate. To me, I'm big into communication, at least in terms of the written word. So I keep thinking of what is another article I could write, something that might get out there and convince more people not to listen to to the BS coming out of the government, but listen to the truth tellers, Mm -hmm. okay? Macri from Hopkins, Rice from Yale, you know McCullough from Baylor. Okay, there are some great people out there telling the truth. Great credentials. Okay, terrific credentials. We need more people to listen to them and respect what they're saying. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, you got to do it if you think it's the right thing. You have to keep pushing. And again, what we, what is I guess an optimistic fact is. Is it science and data? You know, again, if you're looking for the file where they call for JFK to be shot or you're trying to find the body of Jimmy Hoffa, like, hey, man, I, like, I get the pursuit for truth. Clearly, we just did a whole episode about talking about the need for truth, but that's also something that, like, it can be buried. And the, the data, you might not be able to find it. You're just going to look forever. This is something where, you know, we're arguing about 9.81 meters per Keep going because it, the data is the data. You know, there are too many, you know, if he invent, if Robert Malone was coming out here saying you're all morons, I'd have pause. I'd go, well, I don't know. That guy invented it. He did the exact opposite. So when the, when the, when the data and the hard evidence is on your side that there's something going on, you got to keep pushing forward because, hey, it's on them. They, they they can't hold it down forever. It might take a century. It might be beyond my lifetime. But if you think it's the right thing to do, you got to do it and you might not, you know, a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they won't sit under. you got to do the right thing. It's pretty simple. I mean, it's not, but it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I agree with you. We're on the same wavelength. It's just that it is frustrating. I have a lot of frustration, okay? Sure. Because, again, I'm data-oriented. And I try to get, when I get new data, I'm trying to get it out. I belong to two Google groups of physicians, mostly physicians. And we're all, you know, sending messages in all the time, okay, about, mostly about data. Mm
0: -hmm. Data.
1: And uh, we're spreading the data around as, as best we can. But, again, we're limited in terms of getting that data out in a big enough way. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. A big enough way so that over 300 million Americans have a better understanding of their reality and how to make decisions. I feel so bad for parents of younger children because here they are, many of them, trying to decide whether to let their children get vaccinated for COVID. I, I, I... I can't imagine what it's like for these parents of younger children, okay? And adolescents. How do they make that decision? Especially when it's a trade-off. Well, if I don't let them get vaccinated, the school won't let them come back in, okay? Or the college won't let my kids get in. These everyday decisions (laughs) is what we're seeing right now, people having great difficulty with, okay? And that's how big media really. Um, I'm so angry because by big media withholding so much good data and good information, these individuals, these Americans, are having a tougher time making a good decision for their children, even their college-age children. These these are very difficult times that I appreciate. I'm glad I don't have kids to you know to worry about making that kind of decision. But right now we have millions of parents out there who are definitely agonizing over th- this decision on the COVID vaccine. And uh, I feel terrible because again, if you go to Health Impact News, you will see the stories, endless stories, about even younger people let
0: me, you know, let suffering. Me, let me pull that up to make sure I can put it in the in the description. It's Health Impact News. Healthimpactnews.com. Yeah. Impact. There we go. And what was the second one? Trial site. Trial site
1: news.com. Yeah.
0: Trial. Try to type on this thing over here. Trial site news. There we go.
1: Yeah. And, and they have a section for uh, opinion articles. And that's where the people like me and Paul Alexander, who's another great truth teller, uh, can get published. And I, I think they've published five or six of my articles now. Awesome. Uh, and, and there's no politics on that site. Actually, even Health Impact News, to me, it's not a political site. It's a data-oriented site. Nothing, nothing but <laughs> information. And they have people funneling in the data out of Europe now. If you go to today's uh, edition of that site, they have an article with all of the detailed data from the European Union, which is astounding to me. I I have not seen that anywhere else, okay? To see that data, uh, to see the data coming out on Israel, uh, 40% of of COVID cases, fully vaccinated people. UK, 60% fully vaccinated coming down with COVID. And here, you can't get an analogous number in terms of what's happening in the United States. It's 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 nuts.
0: It's absolutely insane. Um, all those doctors you were mentioning earlier, like Macri and, and yes. are, do you have any like contact with any of them? Could you, could you, we can email after this. Could you, could you provide me with some, cause a I'm always, tra- I,
1: I have, I I have a lot of contact Please information. do
0: send them all over. With, I'll take them all.
1: With, with most of them. Yes. Um, uh, because we belong to the same, uh, again, Google groups. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do have a lot of contact information.
0: Please send them all over and tell them that they have a, they already have a spot on my podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I, some of these guys are, are so different. I don't think you can get, uh, like you can't get McCullough. He's just too busy. I'm, I don't I'm think still you can get. I, I'd advise if you could get Harvey Reich from Yale. He's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But they, these university guys are really so busy now, because um, not only are they doing a lot of uh, media stuff. They're still doing research.
0: Still... Yeah, they still have their jobs. Yeah,
1: but, you know they're in the trenches. Okay, so they're more difficult to get. But there are some uh, frontline physicians. I'd recommend George Fareed in California. He's a wonderful, wonderful clinician, and he has spoken out. A real truth teller. He's terrific, George Fareed. Um, and I could you know, I could think more. Uh, but I have a yeah, I have a. A lot Paul Alexander, who's, who's now, he worked in the Trump administration, a good guy, actually, and now he's an academic in Canada. Uh, he's another great guy. Uh, again, another truth teller.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so well, yes, we could, I could give you a lot of contact info.
0: Please do. If you could send me an email with a list of everyone and contact info that you can get. But um, for now, let's wrap this one up. And we'll definitely schedule a third episode. It's great talking to you man. You're a you're a, you're a, you're a bright soul to talk to and I'm and I'm glad that I don't feel entirely insane that I feel like something's going on and uh as always I hope we're wrong. There's nothing good out of you and I being right. It's it's but you know you do got as Howard Bloom says, uh he's much Michael Jackson's publicist and I've had him on here. He says the number one rule of life is the truth at any cost including your life.
1: Yeah. So wow. that's
0: that's where we're heading then. Yeah.
1: I appreciate Tommy. Yes, sir. Being with you. Absolutely. And talking with you. We always have a good conversation. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: It's it's fair. I appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. It's
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I will email you when it's uploaded. You email me uh those those names and contacts and we'll set up a, we'll set up another date. But for now, let's wrap this one up because my stomach's grumbling and I got to go get yeah. a bite. Yeah. Joel Hirschorn. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much, sir. God bless. Stay safe. God bless America. Stay safe everybody. The truth. Recording stopped. Out.